Good morning, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in this week for another segment. Um, this segment is titled A Parent's Love, and I'm so excited because I have a special little guest with me this morning. Her name is Kennedy. Kennedy, say hello, everyone. Hello, everyone. Kennedy is my daughter. Kennedy, how old are you? Nine. Nine years old. Oh, my goodness, how time flies. But, you know, before every... um topic or before we even enter into the segment I like to uh, start off with our prayer so Kennedy I'm gonna let you go ahead and start off with um, this morning's prayer and it's a prayer that we say every single morning so let's go ahead and introduce everyone to our morning prayer ready okay good morning God you're ushering ushering in another another day day, untouched and freshly new new. so So here here I come to ask you God if you'll renew me too Forgive the many errors that I made on yesterday and let me try again, dear God, to walk closer in another way. But Father, I'm well aware that I can't make it on my own, so take my hand and hold it tight, for I can't do this alone. Amen. Yes. And Kennedy, before we even get started, you want to tell everyone um, what I usually want you to say before you leave out of the car and go to school in the morning? So my mom normally wants me to say after a prayer that I'm beautiful inside and out, I'm smart, and everybody who cares for me also loves me, and I care for them and love them too. Good deal. God loves me. And what else? I love what? Yes, so that's so important. So thank you again for joining us for Coffee in Christ this morning. I'm so excited, like I said, very elated to have Kenny Poo in the building this morning. And I just wanted to share just her humble spirit and her uh, amazing, amazing um spirit with you guys this morning and I felt that this was an opportune time to do that with the topic that we have what the topic that I have to share with you this morning called a parent's love so before I even get into the whole spiel we're going to just talk to Kennedy just a little bit Kennedy I want to know and excuse me guys I may call for something I'm a little under the weather but that's how the devil tried to get you but I would not let him stop me from providing you this segment this week and this morning Kennedy tell me tell mom what uh what is why is it important to have a good relationship with your parents with myself with your dad why is it important to you it's important because they love me. You can speak up. It's important because they love me and they care for me and they decide my decision. Like if I had to choose between dance and soccer, they will always still like care for my decision. Oh, okay. What else? They're kind to me. <laughs> okay, I would hope so. Um, also, tell me why is it important for us to go to church every Sunday and why God is so important to you? God is so important to me the same because he... I'm putting you on the spot. He cares for everybody. 
sometimes. Sometimes he might get mad with us. Because Satan the devil took, made Adam and Eve sin. So it's better to love God and go to church every Sunday so God can, for, you, for God can accept you in his heart. Or anything else you want to share with the world today? Hmm? Not really. Not really? Any shout outs you want to give? Some of your good friends at school? Oh, and so tomorrow my friend Alma, she's having a birthday. Oh, good. How Well, birthdays are so important. And it's so important that we understand um, life and how God has, you know, provided us with um, eternal life as well. But at this point, I want you to enjoy just being a kid and enjoying everything that this world has to offer. Got it? Mm-hmm. I'm going to love this world until I die. <laughs> All righty, turtle. Uh, but anyway, so and that was Kennedy, Kennedy Rain, my dear nine-year-old turtle. And now she's um, asking to be excused, of course, because as any nine-year-old, they like to move around, jump around, and do this and do that. So we're going to go ahead and let her... Um, carry on I'll move into um my note and my personal um reflections about a parent's love somewhere around the age of 23 or 24 a desire to become a mother began to fill my heart it was like something deep down in the pits of my soul was like aching to be filled from the starvation of just being loved we often don't like to admit but Oftentimes, the desire to become a mother or a father usually stems from a void that we are trying to fill or a loss we are trying to replace. And in that, we often miss the initial beauty in creating this little life that we are blessed to create or the beauty in being selected to house, you know, another living being inside our heart and into our care. Some of us are fortunate to gain this revelation early in the stages of parenthood, yet unfortunately, there are many out there that aren't as fortunate, and the fruit they bear oftentimes fall off to too early and begin to rotten from the lack of nourishment they were supposed to receive. The privilege and honor to be a parent, whether biological, adopted, foster, step, role model, or guardian, is one that stands at the top of God's honor. We have the opportunity to do unto another little human being what Christ has done and do unto us. After I had my daughter, I noticed a shift in my emotions, in my attitude, and in my responses to life, and in my everyday walk, it was the plague of postpartum uh, depression. I was alone in Houston. My mom was in Louisiana. My entire immediate family network was out of the state. I had my aunt and I had 
um, cousins that were nearby, but it's nothing like that mother um, bond, especially whenever you're having your first child. So I began to express my moments of pain and rage into, onto my precious little baby, Kennedy, unbeknownst with my energy. It was my energy that I was <clears throat> projecting onto her. So moments I would yell and cry or I would scream and then cry again and then yell and then scream again. I would pull into my driveway sometimes and sit for an hour as as she cried in her car seat. And I just cried in the front seat until I gathered myself. I mustered the little energy I had left to give to this, you know, special child that cried out for my love. So eventually I decided to seek help and found a Christian counselor. She was amazing. And I slowly, uh, I accepted what I tried to ignore. I'm not superwoman, but I do owe it to this beautiful child to be the best and to be the healthiest, to be in some form her guardian, to protect, teach, nourish, provide, and lead. And it was so important for me to get a Christian counselor because I wanted Christ to be in the center of my life and of everything, of my therapy, of my uh, restoration and I could only do this if myself if I myself understood the importance of a role I played in shaping you know this little human human being for God's purpose I sacrificed everything I worked hard to accomplish in Houston whether it was my independence my career my friends everything to allow Kennedy the opportunity to be surrounded by everything she needed during these stages of life to flourish. So I decided to move back home and to give her that foundation and that surrounding. And this is what God, our our father, did for us. In the midst of his sorrow and pain from what man done in the beginning, he still loved us enough to sacrifice his only begotten son. He allowed his son to come down to earth to make sure we were surrounded by everything we needed to flourish. As parents, we become overwhelmed, we become lost, we suffer in silence so that their laughter can be heard out loud. We ache tirelessly so they may have the positive energy to excel in this world. And we often feel burdened so their shoulders may be light for the upcoming cross they will have to one day bear. Yet what I have seen through the eyes of many students I have had the honor of teaching or guiding over the past 12 years is that these babies' shoulders are slumped over from carrying the pain and burdens of their parents or their voices or silence due to years of crying out for help only to receive disappointment after disappointment. Their laughter only comes from the notion that The joke is on them. They have no energy to enjoy the opportunities of this world because they work too hard at just trying to survive in it. And and they're lost because it is love they cannot find. Jesus led his disciples, and I'm sure there were times he may have been disappointed, hurt, and tested by his disciples. But nonetheless, he loved them, and each one was chosen for a purpose. Just as our children are disciples and must learn how to grow to spread God's love, we were chosen to guide them and love them until they grow into their purpose. We ask ourselves, we can, what can we do? Are, are we doing enough? Are being 
the inspiration or we being the inspiration they need to find themselves in truth and in light? Am I praying for them so that generations to come may be open to the blessings we have prayed for long after we are gone? You don't have to be a biological mother or father to be a parent. The top first meanings of parents by dictionary.com resonated in my spirit. It said the first one was it meant a father or mother. Second, an ancestor or precursor. Third, a source, origin, or cause. And four, a protector or guardian. We are their source. For those that may feel be that may feel like they're going through the struggle of consuming a child, those that may be dealing with emotional or physical struggles right now, or those that may deal with the battles of a loss. Of a child each and every day, I'm here to tell you, you are not alone. You are important. You are needed in the construction of this village. Your lost child lives through a child that may have lost his or his mother or father. Your emotional struggles may turn around once you realize how much you're loved by a child that may not have ever received love before. And your inability to conceive does not limit your ability to parent. We can be their light. We can be their source. Being a shepherd over a flock of sheep is not just in the form of mother or father per se. It comes in the form of responsibility as an adult. And I tell you today, our children need our love. They are in desperate, desperate times where they need our understanding. They need us more than ever. Um, so I just wanted to touch on that. I really, really hope that it resonates with you and you ask yourself, am I doing enough just because the child next door is not my biological child? Am I still being a guardian? Am I still being a protector? Am I coming together to construct this village? Because they go back out into society in a society that we all live in and their generation and generations to come until that that day they have to construct this entire society just look around look what's happening children are committing suicide being bullied um walking around feeling like there's no one there for them turning to gangs or turning to destructive patterns because our prayers are limited. There should never be limited amount of prayers that we give to our kids. The best legacy that we can give and leave is God knowing him, trusting in him, the faith we should be able to lead these disciples into their purpose. And I hope you really take this time and really challenge yourself today. I challenge each and every one of you to go out. And last week, again, I talked about purpose. And maybe your purpose is to lead a child into their greatness. And we can do that with 
our gifts, with our skills. We can do that just by extending our hand, just by giving a hug, just by sending constructive criticism, just by loving our own children in the way that God loves us. So again, I challenge all of you to reach out and ask yourself, can I do more? Not just for my children that's at home, but what can I do for the children that are out there that needs us more than ever? The poem that I have for you today, um, it's called, well, it was inspired by Zora Neale Hurston, Their Eyes Were Watching God. And it's one of my favorites, um, my favorite books, of course. And that's uh, one of the books that I will be recommending at the end of the segment. But Their Eyes Were Watching God is um, one of my poems that um, I published in the Conversation of Hope. And again, again, it always start, it starts off with a quote and it says, every living thing has a heart and soul, but not everything with a heart and a soul has life. You won't always leave with a friendship, but you should always leave an imprint. So their eyes are watching God. From the moment they were born to the moment they open their eyes, the black and white image they see is the one they now idolize. They find comfort in your voice, shelter in your bosom, love from the beat of your heart, and they rejoice in its rhythm. But their eyes are watching God. Ever since they took that first look into your eyes, they see themselves come alive. They visualize what kind of woman or man they will be, all from one glimpse, a glimpse of your smile, your actions, and your, and your ways. They have you down to a T. Because they've memorized each step that you take. They imitate your walk and even your talk. They inhale your scent for when they need to journey back from being lost. See, their eyes are watching God. Ever since they took that first look into your eyes, they see themselves come alive. But we forget that they are only children brought forth to us as a blessing. And that they have a huge imagination that's created from our very own steps and direction. God has given us an opportunity to display him through us. Not with just love, but with affection and compassion. But their eyes are watching God ever since they took that first look into your eyes. They see themselves and the love they need come alive. So be careful as to what you say and do. We shape their minds and their society too. We show them what is right and what is wrong. We show them what is weakness and what is strong. They find comfort in your voice, shelter in your bosom, love from the beat of your heart, and they rejoice in its rhythm. And because their eyes are watching God ever since they took that first look into your eyes, help them see themselves and know that God is still alive. I'm not sure why I became very teary and emotional with that, but I guess because this topic is so, so important to me, being an educator for 12 years and now moving into the area of clinical social work eventually, I just see the dire need in this population and in our generation, our children needs us. And it's so important that we take this serious, that we love them, 
And you don't understand how much we can gain from that and become better ourselves. So again, I really, really hope that this segment really resonated with you. And again, I challenge each and every one of you to go out and become the leader. Lead your sheep and and allow them to find their their steps and leave that imprint. Um moving on um again one of the books <laughs> that I will be um I have two actually today for you that I am recommending Zora Neale Hurston Their Eyes Were Watching God it is a classic when I tell you this is one of my favorite books oh my goodness um But on the back of this book, it says one of the most important works of 20th century American literature, Zora Neale Hurston's beloved 1937 classic, Their Eyes Were Watching God, is an enduring Southern love story sparkling with wit, beauty, and heartfelt wisdom told in the captivating voice of a woman who refuses to live in sorrow, bitterness, fear, or foolish romantic dreams. It is the story of fair-skinned, fiercely independent Janie Crawford and her evolving selfhood through three marriages and a life marked by poor poverty, sorry, trials, and purpose. A true literary wonder. Hurston's masterwork remains as relevant and affecting today as when it was first published. Perhaps the most widely read and highly regarded novel in the entire canoon of African-American literature. So if you ever get a chance to check out this classic, um, I do recommend it. Um, My poem um, actually was inspired by the title of Their Eyes Were Watching God. And by all my kids that I've taught over the years, um, when I generated this poem, it was dedicated to all of you. And I just want you to know that you are important. You are loved and you can amount to anything that you want to be. We are here for you. The last book that I want to recommend is called The Love Dare for Parents by Stephen and Alex Kendrick with Lawrence Kimbrough. This this book is really, really good. It's a 40-day journey um, that you can take with your kids. It gives you these resources. And I really, really love it because it get, each week, I mean, each day, it, it you know, gives you a topic to focus on. And um, uh, my iPad wants to uh, kind of stall. But hey, we're going to get through that. And so, for instance, one of the journeys it will have you walk through is um, how you can, um, it gives you, well, actually, it gives you a quote and it gives you a devotion and it talks and it relates to, you know, how the importance of children. And this one, the day one was like love blossoms. And it also gives you an assignment that you have to partake in with your child and like the first one said um your first dare was words are powerful way to communicate love the first dare is simply to find a moment when you can verbally express love to your children whether they are in their house in your house or reachable by phone if it is possible make sure they hear you say the words i love you today and it gives you just these little 
activities at the end of your reading and your assignment. It's amazing, phenomenal. Um, I haven't gotten a chance to complete it with Kenny. I wanted to where I, I got it whenever she was um, probably about five or six, but I wanted to wait until she, I saw her walk with Christ continue to grow and she could understand her purpose and and the light that she shines in my life and and in this entire world and she's at that age now so I would definitely um anyone would love to to uh take the challenge the 40-day challenge with me the love dare for parents I am going to be doing this with my daughter Kennedy um in the month of February and it's of course 40 days so it'll overlap into the month of um, March but definitely go out and check out this amazing tool um if you've heard of the love dare period I think it was for um um a marriage or for um, a relationship a couple if I'm not mistaken because I have that one as well um, from the movie uh, Fireproof, I believe it was very, very phenomenal uh, source and resource. Um, so again, I thank all of you so much for joining me for this segment. Again, it was so dear to me. Upcoming, I'm so excited. We're going to be touching on the mental health aspect of um, our children and just in general, our society. So I'm really excited about that. I have a special guest that will be joining me next week for that segment. So don't forget to tune in. I'm really excited. And we're just going to touch bases on what I'm talking about today as well. And bring in, and you'll see how it overlaps and how everything plays a part in building the society. And we have to start with the children. Uh, definitely starting with ourselves in regards to making sure that we are healthy enough to pass on that that um, that healthy state for our kids and and create just construct that solid that solid village village. Um, I had an amazing response um, from last week purpose and my Q and a question and answers. I didn't get a question or an, I don't have an answer, but I did get a comment and I want to say thank you so much. I got a comment about this young, they shared that, um, their young niece or their young cousin that suffers with ADHD, I do believe she might have been around five or six years old. And they just thanked me very much for the podcast because they say they saw a difference. Like she don't focus too much on a lot of things. But when they start playing my podcast, she actually set and listened and she wanted more and she was engaged and I just want to say thank you so much for sharing that that meant so much to me and that lets me know that my podcast and the things that I'm trying to do and share with you guys is something positive and it is being you know it's forthcoming with the purpose and the foundation of why I started this so I thank you so much for sharing that it's those comments and those remarks that really really continue to inspire me to continue to want to inspire you so let baby girl know that I am here she can tune in every every 
week. And if you're sending her name, I would definitely shout out to her. So let me know her name. And next time I can say hello to the special little angel and continue to, to listen. And thank you so much. Continue to support. I really appreciate each and every one of you. So again, I just want to say thank you guys so much. You can always go to my website. Again, it is writingdovewordsforthesoul.weebly.com. That is writing dove words, the number four, the letter D, soul at weebly, W-E-E-B-L-Y dot com. And you can find some of my blog postings. You can find poems, upcoming projects. You can also um, reach me, fill out a form, send in any remarks, comments, questions, any topics that you want to hear. And I would do my best to make sure that I answer, that I reply. I give you a shout out. And again, thank you all so much for joining me for Coffee and a Whole Lot of Christ. I want you to have a blessed, blessed day, a blessed week. I need you. You need me. We need each other. So thank you so much. Be blessed. Ciao.